the spiritual awakening process can be extremely exhilarating, challenging, life-changing, but also very, very lonely, as a lot of us have come to discover. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hello. And today we're going to talk about the, the lonely spiritual awakening journey, and most importantly, help you understand that it's temporary mm-hmm. and even will eventually lead to a lot of amazing soulmate, high vibe, high vibe type of relationships, friendships, soulmates, lovers, all of that. As we change, most of us agree to this. Tell me if I'm wrong. As we change, our reality changes, our external changes, our life experience changes to mirror the changes that we have made in ourselves. Mm. The spiritual awakening process makes you lonely temporarily because it's a time to do a lot of inner work, of inner transformation at a very accelerated rate. It's like we put all our priority, all our focus onto that inner that inner world that we've been neglecting most of our lives. And this can make our external life seem like it's on hold and like it's not going anywhere. In fact, oftentimes it leads to friends dropping off. But again, this is a very temporary phase that's very, very worth your while. Mm -hmm. Because again, as you make those changes, it's going to lead to a, a bigger and brighter future with more and more cool relationships and all the things you know, in your life will begin to eventually reflect the yeah. changes you make. Deeper relationships too and more authentic. Yes, they, they improve. The relationships that come around after a little while are, are improved relationships. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to talk about that whole journey. Patty and I are sort of sitting pretty over on the other side of the fence, you know, 10 years later and we got all these friends and they're high vibe and, and they, you know, like really just great relationships Beautiful now. People, yeah. um, but it wasn't always like that. No. We, we've and been it, through the whole thing and we're going to share about that um, and, and really help those of you who feel lonely through this process. Right. And I also just want to add to that it doesn't take, it doesn't have to take 10 years, you know, for this, for you guys to get friendships. So it's not like, you know. It's a minimum of a decade. I read somewhere. It said, it's, I read, it said <laughs> ten years and then friends come. Yeah. So well, that book was wrong. No, no, no. That's just our journey. But you know, right, we're exactly. also um, we didn't really know what we were doing. There was no awakening guides out there. We were kind of just winging it. Yeah, and we. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. So let's start at the beginning. I wrote down here. Let's talk about the friends dropping off. Can anybody relate to that? Friends starting to drop off. Friends yeah. seeming to seem like you know what. God, I put so much time into this relationship, but all of a sudden, I, I can't help but de- I can't deny that it's just no longer resonating anymore. Mm. And that and that begs the question: Well, what do you do? Do you break up with your friends? How do you, do you tell them why? Well, how do you create these sort of boundaries that seem like like they need to be placed? But am I am I seeing the situation clearly? Is this going to be uncool to my friends? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be lonely. So there's all these things that come up as this, as the awareness sets in and you start seeing your friends in a different light. Remember that? Yes. And actually, I just want to say this. I met this woman this last weekend and she um, is just such a beautiful, beautiful person. And um, I'm really excited to start a friendship with her. And she just sent me a text and it's 1111. 
as we're shooting this podcast. Oh, oh man. Boom. Wow. Boom. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Synchronicity. We actually behind the scenes make fun of a lot of my content and the st- stuff we say a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we make jokes about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, synchronicity. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, anyways. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Side note. Sorry. But, yeah. Yeah. Let's, so let's retrack here. So, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start if that's okay. No, I, no. I, want, I planned on it. You planned on it? No, go ahead. What are you going to start? Well, um, what we were talking about. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um, for me, it kind of started like where the friendship sort of fa- started falling away was when we had Maya. Mm-hmm. It was like, as soon as I got pregnant, there was very few, um, people that would call me, obviously call, they would stop calling me to go out cause they knew that I wouldn't go cause I was pregnant. But then, um, after she came into this world, I kind of thought like maybe people would call me, start calling me again. And that it didn't happen that way. Yeah. So that was, that was like the very beginning of like the friendship sort of falling away. And I, at the time I didn't attribute it to any sort of change within myself. I just assumed it was because like, you know, we are parents now, but yeah. looking back now, I can totally see that, you know, as in that time we were starting like a really big shift, you know, in our life. We were shifting. Yes. Um, sorry. I'm in a jokey mood now, <laughs> but not now. Probably a part of that, of course, it's probably because you were pregnant and you know, right, we, we were like one of the first of was, people but... to have, we were like the first to have kids among all our friends, but uh, let's talk about more of like the awakening related. Like, do you remember what it's like? And I know you do when you suddenly start to see your friends, maybe long standing relationships in a brand new light. And you know, you can just sort of get the sense that this is fading out. Oh, there's there's yeah. sometimes the distance, like life will oftentimes create that distance, but I'm talking what's more unusual and interesting that I think these people will really re- deeply relate to is that all that shift in your perspective oh, of, of the course, relationship. Yeah. Well, that's why I started with that because it was like, um, I only, I had like one friend that still kind of like hung around. We had been friends for a really long time and, um, she would come over and it's kind of started to become this like really draining, um, experience for me. And, um, I just knew like, okay, something's got to change. So I kind of pulled back from her for a little bit. And then, um, then I started feeling guilty, you know, like I pulled back from her, our friendship and she doesn't know why. And so I started like calling her again and like trying to like hang out with her again. And it was still the same thing. And it just kept getting worse for me. And, um, eventually I realized after a long time, I, I gave, I gave this relationship a, a lot longer than it probably should have, should have. But then I realized like, I'm putting way too much into this and like, it's not being reciprocated energetically, emotionally, or any of the above. So then I kind of just stopped reaching out. Yeah. There's so many different layers to this. Like what you're describing, it sounds like, like you sort of grew Mm-hmm. You know, not even so much spiritually as a person, you grew. And, and as that happened, your standards for relationships, for all things in life change. Like you realize your worth, you realize you deserve more. And then when you look at the same relationship where those behaviors that, what's your, you know, that were, that were taking place is no longer flies. It's like, you know what? I don't stand for this. This is not fair. And I don't want to put up with it. Mm-hmm. That's like one layer. What I remember a lot, and I went through that too. I'm sure a lot of 
people listening have as well. Mm-hmm. I remember just like the energy, like going out with my buddies. It just, it just like the, without being so esoteric, I, like, like the vibration was just not a match that the energy of what we would, they would talk about and where they would go and, and just like sort of the energy created by going out to the bar and this and that. Yeah. It just felt like this, it just made me not feel well. I felt like I couldn't relate with it anymore. And it just like felt off. It felt like I was going into an energy that just was not compatible. It's the best way I could put it. Yeah. Um, and this one, the one time this really was obvious to me was I remember, remember the Guns N' Roses concert? So all throughout high school, yeah, me and my buddies like love music. We still do, we, we, especially Guns N' Roses. That was one of our favorite bands. To this day, it's one of my favorite bands, if not the favorite. Let's talk about them some more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, the band was broken up pretty much our whole high school career and, and even after high school. And we always loved them and thought, man, it'd be so awesome if they got back together and this and that. And then lo and behold, like I don't remember the year. I think around 2012 maybe. Um, Guns yeah. N' Roses, it was... Albeit uh, some different band members, but they went on tour and they came. They came around, and we had come up from Michigan to uh, come up from Florida. We were living in Florida at the time. Mm-hmm. We, we basically came back for this concert, and me and my like some of my core friends, we all had tickets that were going to go. So to us, it was like that event represented like something we've been dreaming about for so long. Like this is going to be amazing. This is epic, just like old times. Oh my god. So that the sort of like climactic sort of scenario was enough to show me because when we got to the concert, it was like it, even in spite of that, it was so off. It was so awkward. Mm-hmm. The distance between us was too great. We no longer clicked. We no longer saw eye to eye. The energy was completely out of whack. And it was just like it was a big wake up call where I basically at that point was like I, I came to an acceptance that for whatever reason, this this uh these relationships are just i have to let them kind of go and let them fade out because they're just they're just not what they used to be mm-hmm. so anyways and i do like i would like to say too that it doesn't necessarily mean that you can never talk to them again you know it just means that if you do choose to spend time with people that don't resonate just one be aware <laughs> and two um um, you know, kind of keep it light. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is like, basically, you can look at it like if I was to just keep going around the same people, right, even though I knew it, it wasn't force, forcing it, yeah. that would have been like, in a sense, not good for either of us. We would have both been in a sense like resisting our, our natural life course, right? Mm-hmm. But when you when you yield to it and you let go when, you're, when you know it's time to, then it's like you give each other time to go through your the processes and you the people go through their own spirit their own experiences and then sometimes not always sometimes you come back around as new people yeah. and then it matches you find some common ground again so and you know it doesn't have to be this dramatic oh my god they're like dying for my life it's not like that right it just right now the energy is not compatible but people and, and us and all other people too are changing rapidly now you never know what's going to happen right you know I've had a ton of high school people reach out to me, Vic, bro, I see your YouTube videos, man. videos man. I had no idea you talked about that stuff, but I'm go- I am I relate. Like You just never know. Some mm-hmm. people have reached out and said, oh my God, I would have never seen that coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this, once you let go, then it kind of gives way to what I call the lonely phase of awakening when you really just have nobody. And not only that, what, you're looking at me, I know I had you and the family. 
right? No, no, I'm not thinking oh, that. Okay. I'm because <laughs> I'm just thinking in friendships. I'm just keeping okay. an eye on the time. That's all. Okay. I, I'm thinking about making this a, a part one and part two. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it gives way to the lonely phase of awakening. This is more so than just not having any cool high vibe friends around. It's even more like we really, you don't even feel like you fit into the world. Yeah. You kind of go into your own little, uh, your own little bubble. Yeah. You where all you, yeah. Where all you, you're concerned about is spiritual, spirituality and spiritual progress and a lot of other esoteric things that you realize most people don't relate with. And then you look out at the real world friendless and you're like man what the hell am i doing here this mm -hmm. sucks i don't belong here this does not feel right i don't want to be here this you know it can be a very lonely and depressing time yeah but it's a valuable time it's a time to go within it's a time to discover who you really are right yes so what are some of the benefits and why you why why do you think we do that why do you think that it's such a common cycle that many seekers encounter along their path where the they sort of recluse a bit yeah, I kind of, um, I sort of feel like it's the universe giving us the opportunity to look to ourselves for guidance and look into ourselves and see who we really are, what we're really made of. And because um, so many people give their power away, you know, um, and allow like friends and family to tell them like who they are and what they like. And it's a really beautiful opportunity to decide, Hey, I like this or I don't like that. Or I want this in life or and I don't want yeah. that. You know, I think that that's one of the reasons. Yeah. I think, I think like there's many reasons. Yeah. Well, like, like before that. you start to really wake up consciously, most of our life prior to that point was created from unconsciousness, mm -hmm. from from conditioning, from like you said, people telling you who you are, what you want, what you're all about. So it's like, it, it there needs to be a time where you really just sort all that out. And like you said, let's kind of look within and say, who am I? What do I want? What do I want to do with my life? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to live? What kind of partner do I want? What kind of friendships do I want? What yeah. kind of diet do I want to have in this moment? You know, like, yeah. because it's all, it's, we've never done that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many things outside of us that, um, like just society in general kind of tells us like, uh, you know, through billboards and commercials and all this stuff, like what we want and need and, oh, you need this thing because it's going to do this for you. And it's like, you know, it's like we, we grew up in this society that's telling us what we want and what we like. So now it's the time to just sit back and detach and, and go in and say, hey, no, I like this. I want this. Yeah. This and it's like a, it's a lot. You're, you're kind of looking at yourself on a very fundamental level and reevaluating everything. Mm -hmm. And this can be stressful when you're yeah. like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. And it's like, oh my, that's, for me anyway, yeah. I, I like certainty. So yeah. it was a period of complete uncertainty on all levels. Yeah, it was very nerve wracking. And you can feel lost and confused and like, well... I'm like this age, whatever age you are, and I don't know who I am. Yes, you know, I remember seeing, kind of scary, uh, yeah. I saw this one psychic Kevin. And before I even like, greeted him, I sat down and he said, huh. he was like, he was like, huh. you need to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> he said that straight up bluntly to yeah, my face. And I, I was like it. in my 30s at the time. And I was like, God damn it. 
thanks, Kevin, you're right. <laughs> but yeah. it was like a big hard pill to swallow. But that's the truth. And then you, you even look at it even further going along the, the vein of what you were describing with like the, the heavy conditioning we all sort of contend with. Mm-hmm. Um, then when we go through this low, this like reclusive phase where a lot of us are not even working at the time, life just sort of takes us into a little cave, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, not only do you not know who you are anymore or what you want or anything like that, but you start like judging yourself like because people reach out. What are you doing? What are you doing with your time? Do you have a job? What are your plans? Oh, yeah. and you start you start thinking like, man, I'm this age. I don't know who I am. I, I know I need to get moving at life and, and get going, but I don't know where to start. Every time I try to start, it doesn't feel right. I'm not getting any footing. Mm-hmm. And it can be this really this 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 very multifaceted challenging experience right and also when people reach out and ask you those things it can also their energy that they're putting into those questions that they ask you can be something that causes you to be um to to become very judgmental of where you're at you know i met someone um this weekend who she's um going to be traveling and going to Spain and she has a one-way ticket. She doesn't know how long she's going to be there or when she's coming back or what she's doing there. And she, her and I were talking and I, she's like, um, telling me this. And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, wow, man, you are in a, such an amazing spot. This is a really beautiful opportunity for you to get to know you and like, see what you want out of life. Yeah. And like, and she was like, Oh, thank you for that. Because nobody in her life, said it to her in of that course, way, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's really important that when you're in this, this space of, of, um, introspection to, um, not allow what others ask you to come into your field in a negative way. They're just going by their own thing, you know, and what they think and what they believe. But it's like, it's a really beautiful opportunity, really. It is, it is. And I think it's, like you said, what, the, what you said to her was extremely rare for most mm-hmm. people. Most people don't get that type of feedback. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's really, I think it's like, for one, I think it's hard to not take to heart what people say when right. you're in that it vulnerable is. state. So what I would say, a different way of looking at it for me, I would say just be careful who you you do talk to about this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like be like, uh, not, not in a negative way, but just like, you know, be mindful of the people you are, who you bring into your life yeah. because... It's like we're already in a very vulnerable spot. We're already questioning ourselves and our sanity as it is. So when people come in there with their sort of like insinuating type of negative, you know, uh, feedback, feedback, mm-hmm. it, it can be like a lot. Yeah. And that would, that would happen with me too when people right. would like, I would always get asked, what's your plan? So what's your plan? What are you going to do? And I would be so upset because I didn't know what the plan was. I was choosing to follow my intuitions. That's what felt right. And, but I had nothing to really show for it to anybody right. in their mind. Um, yeah. So it was very, very frustrating. My, my mom used to always say, like, consider the source. Like when you don't like what someone's saying or the, like, the energy that's behind it, she'd always say, consider the source. And yeah. it's just like, look at who's, who you're talking to. Are they someone who they have a life that you think is something that you would like? Or is it, do they live in a negative space most of the time? And, you know, that's not something that resonates with you. So it's always good to just be aware and of, um, of that kind of thing. Yes. Um, let's see. Is there anything else you wanted to share about this sort of phase? I would say this to, before we move on to the next point is I think one of the reasons why this, a lot of these like shifts I've made 
have taken me a lot longer than they need to is because there was a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. And like, well. like if you feel that life is taking you into like, what we're, if you relate with what we're saying and this is kind of what you're going through, then I would say yield to it and really take the time, take the, to, the opportunity to go within and do something like a lot of meditation and reading and writing and journaling and really like, really take time to look at yourself. Otherwise, like for me, I, I would go back and forth and I would resist it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would cause it to be like a prolonged cycle. There was a job that had to get done and that was me finding out who I was. But as long as I tried to continue to play the earth game and, and keep up with the Joneses and sort of deny what life was sort of influencing me to do, then it was like this back and forth, back and forth thing. And all the stress, all the turmoil came from my resistance. Yeah. Because the experience is pretty cool. It's like life is going to hook you up with a situation where you really can kind of chill out and look at yourself. And you, that could be in a very extreme, that could be a very exciting experience to, to find out, to let life bring to you many different things that reveal all these different truths about who you really are. It's mm-hmm. it's like like such a beautiful process of self-discovery if you kind of go with it and just tune out the real world, tune out the negative friends and family members who are talking smack. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see another little thing before we move on. Um, I also think it was good that at least for me, when I was in that phase to sort of be sort of closed off from the real world a little bit, because I was in my, what I call the crazy phase of awakening Mm -hmm. where it's all about ascension and light workers and indigos. And my mind was consumed with stuff that is completely unrelatable to normal society. Right. And that's all I thought about and all I cared about. All you wanted to talk about. All I wanted to talk about. Um, I even had to be like, honey, come on. Yeah. It's getting a bit much. I know. I'd be like, honey, uh, the Illuminati and and, and the, oh. the dark cabal and the ascension or the solar flashes. And you look out the window and say, uh, well, where's it, where's all that? Oh, yeah. I want to go to the beach now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think it's sometimes if when you're in the crazy phase, like it, it's good to kind of keep a lot of that to yourself because eventually you come out of it and you, you could ground yourself and you sort of you have a way of integrating that type of information in a way that's much more practical mm-hmm. and and less out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we'll go ahead and talk about what we did to make friends. Mm-hmm. What was what were the changes that we made? What was the path we followed to really finally allow new people to come into our life? What was the path you followed? I was going to say, are you asking me? I'm asking <laughs> you, yes. Um. Well, we decided, well, we felt guided. We were basically like being nudged to move, you know, out of the state. Mm -hmm. And um, so we moved to San Diego. Yeah. But then it was like even more lonely because we knew no one, had no family, no friends. And so it was sort of like we were being nudged to move, but then it was like put us into even more of a, deeper that was like our peak place. loneliness uh-huh. <laughs> but um then we sort of like you met Aaron um online and we like made the decision to like come and you could like meet him in person and yeah um and then we decided to move to Vegas like like 12 days after yeah well no we were we were already in Vegas like 12 days after yeah we yeah. moved we decided one weekend and then we moved the next weekend but yeah um 
But when we made that decision to move, it was like everything happened so fast after that. It's like then I started going to yoga and I met like my first friend here, you know, Barbie, who I love. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was like the start of it. It was like I started, I had also started to um, dive really into my passion, my like my new uh, purpose in life and like where my le- new the new part of my journey. Um, so it was like, I started putting myself out there and like talking to people at yoga and stuff like that. And then I, um, um, was also in the, at the same time diving into my purpose even more. Yeah. So there's a couple key things, three key things that I took away from it that I planned on talking about anyways. Number one is to just continue to follow your guidance. Mm -hmm. Now the guidance that sounds like sound advice and like, okay, that makes sense. Follow the guidance. Well, following your inner guidance can be extreme, can be one of the most difficult things in the world to do. Yeah, especially when your inner guidance is telling you to do something pretty wild. Like move again. Like sell your, all your things and move into an RV. Yeah, that's what the guidance told us. And With we did three it. kids, a cat, and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you really just have to trust. And, and a lot of times when you follow your guidance, there's no immediate payoff. And that can lead to even like more of a lack of faith. Like mm-hmm. we we did that. We sold, like we sold our house. We closed down our businesses. We had no money coming in really. And we moved into a little RV. I mean, then we moved out to San Diego. And though the weather was awesome, we are more lonely than ever. And it was like, oh my God, like what, where is this heading? Yeah, and your business was like starting to slow, you know, like. No, it was actually starting to do what okay. Was, it was growing, but in the very beginning we were like, In the oh very shit. beginning it was like we, it was like a <laughs> straight up leap of faith. Mm-hmm. We just sent, we just felt that if we get to San Diego, then something's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, but it was kind of slow going right. a, a little, for a little while there. And I was like, if nothing else, I can go get a job at a salon. <laughs> yeah, we were like there <laughs> at that point. But then, yeah, then like it just sort of, then. But that by that time we had been following our guidance for a while, and we mm-hmm. had taken many uh, big leaps of faith. Mm-hmm. And then the the inevitable result of that is things start to happen. It it's always going to be worth your while, and that's when Aaron reached out to me, sent me this nice email. Mm-hmm. I got on the phone with him, and uh, I thought you would never get off. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, I got on the phone with him. And at that point, my YouTube channel was doing well. So I was kind of used to people reaching out to me with kind of an agenda, you know, seeming like they're like, oh, I just want to be friends. And then they have these like, you promote my products, this kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, but he got on the phone with me and just gave me all this amazing advice. It, it was like as if he studied my channel and had like a, a bunch of like extremely good strategies to share with me. And I was blown away. He just shared this freely with me. So then I, the next day I wrote him an email sharing with him everything I knew about what it was like to to coach and have a coaching business because that was succeeding for me pretty nicely. And then he was able to quit his job and, and he was, we were just both like, we both hooked each other up. Um, but most importantly, it was like we had this sort of synergy. Whenever I would talk to him on the phone, I would get off the phone feeling great. Like, right. like I just knew him. Like we are just like, it just like we had just this, this instant connection almost. And then Aaron mentioned that our, one of our favorite, uh, I, I don't know if you'd call him a spiritual teacher he's a channel he's a channeler bashar was coming yeah but daryl anka is a channel and bashar was coming in so anyway there was this bashar event so i i said let's go and so we took the family to las vegas and i was able to go meet up with aaron for the first time in in person and we went and saw bashar and got some lunch and shot a youtube video and then 
then when we were there, it was like like fate stepped in again, and and we had the clear guidance that we would benefit from moving to mm-hmm. Las Vegas. It just we just knew at that point we had learned just to kind of trust our knowing, if you will, trust our intuition, and it was just like move here. Well, that made no sense. No, because yeah, but, we'd only been one other time before. <laughs> yeah, but then we just did anyway. We just we it just felt so right. We just did it. And that's when everything took off. So following those leaps of faith, my friends, are huge. If you know, if there's something you're avoiding doing because you're afraid, then don't expect the friends to come in Mm -mm. because you're not really being your true core natural self. You're resisting your true self. You have to take the leaps of faith. You have to follow your guidance. Um, But it's not, then it goes into more of what you were saying about um, sort of putting yourself out there. Well, one thing I want to add before you you go into that is that... um, the universe does not reward decisions made from fear or guilt. That's when lessons come in. So Very if true. you want the universe to reward you, then you need to have the trust that you're provided for, you're taken care of, you're going to find friends, you're going to make friends, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then the next type of leap of faith is... Uh, taking the time to really find out your life purpose. Mm-hmm. It's something a lot of people I'm finding give up on because it's a frustrating dis- uh, process of discovery. And they say, well, screw it. There's no life purpose. That's just something people say, yada, yada. But there is. There really is. Like, I know. Uh, I'm being, we're kind of being blinded by this reflection in our window. We're, we're trying to like... I to close the blinds. Go ahead. But anyway, there's uh, everyone inside of themselves has a, a, like a gift... I call them soul's talents. We all have like the ability to channel through certain qualities or abilities or teachings or something, creativity from the depths of our soul that stem beyond this current incarnation. And when we find out what that is and start doing it, that's when we're really kind of putting out that raw, almost specific energy signature out there into the world for other people to observe. Mm. And that's and that's that can be challenging because some people aren't gonna like it. And that's okay. There's always a push-pull effect. But eventually when you're really standing in that authenticity and living it, that's when people can see you, mm-hmm. see who you really are. And that's when the right people will just sort of flock to you. It's yeah. kind of a natural thing. So so when the next time you go to your yoga studio or whatever it is you do, you go out there, people will respond to your vibration and it's much easier and more like magnetic as far as making friendships. Mm-hmm. It's not this challenging sort of heady process. It's like you really being your true self and then going out there in the world and being patient. And then for us, once we both started getting into our purpose, that's when we like uh, so many friendships have mm-hmm. formed like even like uh all different types like when we, every time we go to uh, Sedona we meet up with our friend Bridget Nielsen mm-hmm. and her her boyfriend Patrick and we don't see them that often but when we get together we just click there's like this this real strong connection we all have together that's just so beautiful and it's something we don't see them very often mm-hmm. and we have that type of thing with a lot of people all the people at Rhythmia when I go to Rhythmia they're like we're like friends with the crew now and there's like this, it's, there's just so many um, beautiful souls all over the planet that we kind of know and see from time to time. Yeah. And people like, like I said, I just met like a whole group of beautiful people, you know, that 
I've connected with and that I plan on keeping touch with. And it's like, it's just constantly happening. Yeah. Our, our, our circle is just expanding rapidly. Mm -hmm. And I never in a million years would have believed that I would have this many like amazing relationships in my life. You know, when, if you were to talk to me five, 10 years ago, I would have said, I would have been thrilled with one guy friend. Right. And I have that with Aaron. We're like brothers. We're like so close. Um, but then it's even beyond that. So anyways, my friends, hopefully, hopefully uh, we don't share a story to brag. It's, we're still sort of surprised and feel very grateful and, and sort of shocked that, our, that we have all these people in our life. But we're not lucky. I can see this as a very fundamental thing yeah. that it's taking place with almost all the people that we've met. <laughs> They've yeah. kind of gone through the same thing, the same process. And on the other side of it, it's like this, you get to reap the benefits. Yeah, and it's, it's really beautiful too because we kind of, like doing the retreats and stuff, we kind of get to be like a, a, a little hub for people to like meet their yes. soul families. Like I can't even tell, like... Um, there are people that are like best friends, like living together. Like they moved, you know, from different states to another state to live together and like yes. be together. And it's just, it's it's really beautiful to be able to like kind of be a part of of something so special and um, so yeah. rewarding. Really, honestly, it's an honor. I know when we started the retreats, we were just focused on helping people transform very uh-huh. quickly, giving them like that acceleration, really changing their life. And then we figured, like, okay, well, cool people will come. We'll probably all get along very well, and that'll mm-hmm. be nice. But it's but it like was, it was way beyond. It's what so our much beyond that. Minds could have even fathomed. Yeah. The people that come to our retreats are literally like people that feel guided to come, uh-huh. and then therefore the right people are always there. And yep. there's there's we have this like expanding community of people that have come in, yeah. and so many like friendships and really deep relationships and bonds have mm-hmm. formed that go well beyond after the ceremony. Yeah, um, which actually brings us to a point, my friends. I don't know if you if you this will probably go out after I talked about it a couple times on my email list. If you get those, but if you're just hearing it. Um, Patty and I have decided to do our very first online retreat coming up here very soon. And it's because we believe we can bring the experience to, into a digital sort of live online format. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of people are always asking us, we have like fans all over the world and a lot of people in Australia and the UK and even like the East coast of the United States. And they're saying, Vic, when are you going to do a retreat here? When are you going to come over here? Um, and the, the reality is we just, Probably aren't going to do that because we have three young kids. At least not right now. <laughs> and we already do a ton of traveling. Like yeah. every couple times a month, each of us yeah. are going somewhere. And it's just like we... And it seems like it's just getting more and more. And It's, it's like, getting more, yeah. Especially the far places like Australia where it takes like an entire day to travel there. You know, it's like those are the places that that's like... in. Definitely in the future. Maybe like when we're in our fifties and the Maybe kids are like retreat, in college like or something. Maybe not retreat, but I'd like to go forever. But yeah, yeah, I'd like <laughs> yeah. to go someday. But you know, we um, it definitely it's not in the radar now. I'm not gonna say we're not gonna say no because you just we just don't know. But like it's not in the radar right now. So to in order for the people that can't travel to where we have the retreats, we thought it would be a really beautiful opportunity for people to. Um, have sort of the retreat type experience as well as be able to like connect with each other through the uh, online retreat. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, man. We're going to we're going to be able to do in like a live group format the different 
like sort of transformative processes. We mm-hmm. take people to like the group activities. We're going to bring that into um, into this online retreat, and then also the community. We're going to really help people. Yeah. Um, like we're going to really attract like a tribe of people. That's our mm-hmm. that's our intention, and it feels so right. So we're so excited about that, my friends. We're going to try to launch it the next week or so. And we'll let you know. Um, but with that said, I hope you got something out of this podcast. You all have an amazing day. Thank you so much. Yes. Until next time, namaste. namaste.